Numbers chapter 1. The Lord spoke to Moses in the wilderness of Sinai in the tent of meeting on the first day of the second month in the second year after they had come out of the land of Egypt, saying, Take a census of all the congregation of the people of Israel, by clans, by fathers' houses, according to the number of names, every male, head by head. From twenty years old and upward, all in Israel who are able to go to war, you and Aaron shall list them, company by company. And there shall be with you a man from each tribe, each man being the head of the house of his fathers. And these are the names of the men who shall assist you. From Reuben, Eliezer the son of Shedur. From Simeon, Shalumiel the son of Zerishadai. From Judah, Nashon the son of Amminadab. From Issachar, Nathaniel the son of Zuar. From Zebulun, Eliab the son of Helon. From the sons of Joseph. From Ephraim, Elishama the son of Amihud, and from Manasseh, Gamaliel the son of Pedazer, from Benjamin, Abedan the son of Gedioni, from Dan, Ahiezer the son of Amishadai, from Asher, Pagiel the son of Ocran, from Gad, Elisaph the son of Duel, from Naphtali, Ahira the son of Enan. These were the ones chosen from the congregation, the chiefs of their ancestral tribes, the heads of the clans of Israel. Moses and Aaron took these men who had been named, and on the first day of the second month, they assembled the whole congregation together, who registered themselves by clans, by fathers' houses, according to the number of names from twenty years old and upward, head by head, as the Lord commanded Moses. So he listed them in the wilderness of Sinai. The people of Reuben, Israel's firstborn, their generations by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, head by head, every male from twenty years old and upward, all who were able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Reuben were forty-six thousand five hundred. Of the people of Simeon, their generations by their clans, by their fathers' houses, those of them who were listed, according to the number of names, head by head, every male from twenty years old and upward, all who were able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Simeon were fifty-nine thousand three hundred. Of the people of Gad, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of the names, from twenty years old and upward, all who were able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Gad were forty-five thousand six hundred and fifty. Of the people of Judah, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Judah were seventy-four thousand six hundred. Of the people of Issachar, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Issachar were fifty-four thousand four hundred. Of the people of Zebulun, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war, those listed of the tribe of Zebulun were fifty-seven thousand four hundred. Of the people of Joseph, namely of the people of Ephraim, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from twenty years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Ephraim were forty thousand five hundred. Of the people of Manasseh, 
their generations by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names from 20 years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Manasseh were 32,200. Of the tribe of Benjamin, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Benjamin were 35,400. Of the people of Dan, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Dan were 62,700. Of the people of Asher, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Asher were 41,500. Of the people of Naphtali, their generations, by their clans, by their fathers' houses, according to the number of names, from 20 years old and upward, every man able to go to war. Those listed of the tribe of Naphtali were 53,400. These are those who were listed, whom Moses and Aaron listed with the help of the chiefs of Israel, 12 men, each representing his father's house. So all those listed of the people of Israel by their father's houses, from 20 years old and upward, every man able to go to war in Israel, all those listed were 603,550. But the Levites were not listed along with them by their ancestral tribe. For the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, Only the tribe of Levi you shall not list, and you shall not take a census of them among the people of Israel. But appoint the Levites over the tabernacle of the testimony, and over all of its furnishings, and over all that belongs to it. They are to carry the tabernacle and all its furnishings, and they shall take care of it, and shall camp around the tabernacle. When the tabernacle is to set out, the Levites shall take it down, and when the tabernacle is to be pitched, the Levites shall set it up. And if any outsider comes near, he shall be put to death. The people of Israel shall pitch their tents by their companies, each man in his own camp and each man by his own standard. But the Levites shall camp around the tabernacle of testimony, so that there may be no wrath on the congregation of the people of Israel. And the Levites shall keep guard over the tabernacle of the testimony. Thus did the people of Israel. They did according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. Chapter 2 The Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, The people of Israel shall camp each by his own standard with the banners of their fathers' houses. They shall camp facing the tent of meeting on every side. Those to camp on the east side toward the sunrise shall be of the standard of the camp of Judah by their companies. The chief of the people of Judah being Nashon, the son of Amminadab, his company as listed being 74,600. Those to camp next to him shall be the tribe of Issachar, the chief of the people of Issachar being Nathaniel, the son of Zuar, his company as listed being 54,400. Then the tribe of Zebulun, the chief of the people of Zebulun being Eliab, the son of Helon, his company as listed being 54,400. All those listed of the camp of Judah by their companies were 186,400. They shall set out first on the march. On the south side shall be the standard of the camp of Reuben by their companies, the chief of the people of Reuben being Eliezer, the son of Shadur, his company as listed being 46,500. And those to camp next to him shall be the tribe of Simeon, the chief of the people of Simeon being Shalumiel, the son of Zerushadai, 
his company is listed being 59,300. Then the tribe of Gad, the chief of the people of Gad being Eliasab, the son of Reuel. His company as listed being 45,650. All those listed of the camp of Reuben by their companies were 151,450. They shall set out second. Then the tent of meeting shall set out with the camp of the Levites in the midst of the camps as they camp. So they shall set out, each in position standard by standard. On the west side shall be the standard of the camp of Ephraim by their companies, the chief of the people of Ephraim being Elishama, the son of Amihud. His company as listed being 40,500. And next to him shall be the tribe of Manasseh, the chief of the people of Manasseh being Gamaliel, the son of Padazar. His company as listed being 32,200. Then the tribe of Benjamin, the chief of the people of Benjamin being Abaddon, the son of Gideoni, his company as listed being 35,400. All those listed of the camp of Ephraim by their companies were 108,100. They shall set out third on the march. On the north side shall be the standard of the camp of Dan by their companies, the chief of the people of Dan being Ahiezer, the son of Amishadai, his company as listed being 62,700. And those to camp next to him shall be the tribe of Asher, the chief of the people of Asher being Pagiel, the son of Akron, his company as listed being 41,500. Then the tribe of Naphtali, the chief of the people of Naphtali being Ahira, the son of Enon, his company as listed being 53,400. All those listed of the camp of Dan are 157,600. They shall set out last, standard by standard. These are the people of Israel as listed by their father's houses. All those listed in the camps by their companies were 603,550. But the Levites were not listed among the people of Israel as the Lord commanded Moses. Thus did the people of Israel, according to all that the Lord commanded Moses. So they camped by their standards, and so they set out, each one in his clan, according to his father's house. friends and welcome to the peculiar podcast the podcast where we are reading the bible every single day in order to finish it within a year my name is james chase and i hope you're doing well i hope the weather is nice where you are it's pretty sunny outside right now and i'm just i'm just enjoying this weather it's it's beautiful it's nice it's clear and it's putting a smile on my face and it's just a, a perfect time to talk about the bible and the things that stuck out to us right I want to thank you for joining me in today's reading. Today we have gone through Numbers. We are in the first two chapters of Numbers. We have begun the book of Numbers. We have um, 63, 62 books to go. 63, including this one. Isn't that wonderful? It is wonderful. Just say it's wonderful. So without further ado, I'm going to talk about some things that stuck out to me in Numbers 1 and 2. The first thing is right there in the beginning. And it's something that I've missed or just kind of didn't take into account when reading through numbers the first few times that I've read through it. And it's that there's a census being taken, but it's not just for no reason. In uh, chapter and verse three, 
it says uh, from 20 years old and upward, all in Israel who are able to go to war. These are the ones that shall be numbered. And you take that in and you realize that the, the reason that this census is being taken is because these people are preparing to go to war because God has promised them a land and um, there's going to be some, some struggle getting it. And they, they have some things that they have to do to prepare. When I think about war, it's not appealing to me. It is the year 2021 and we had this, I don't even know how to describe it. The war in Afghanistan, quote unquote, ended, uh, meaning that the United States has pulled out, is pulling out all, all of their troops. Um, as of this moment, the Taliban has moved in. Um, and just thinking about all of that, uh, the, I, I, I was on Instagram while all this was going on and there's just these really graphic pictures of citizens there trying to leave and they're chasing after planes. They're riding on the wings of planes, the engines of the planes, just like trying to do whatever they can to flee the country because the Taliban, if you aren't unaware, if you are unaware, is not a kind group of people. And, um, it, I, I, I don't, I don't like it. I was saying to someone a couple of weeks ago, just, we have these politicians who declare war with other countries and all of these people get caught in the middle and you have soldiers, you know, some who are very for protecting their country. Some who were just there because the education was free that end up losing their lives. And, and I don't know, it just doesn't sit right with me. If I'm being transparent, uh, I was saying to someone that the politicians, they should, they should fight, <laughs> you know, get, get into a ring and duke it out, man. Um, I, I feel like problems will be solved a lot easier. Maybe, uh, maybe that's, maybe that's just wishful thinking, but yeah, war doesn't sit right with me. And I read this passage and I think, you know, God had a purpose for it. And, um, it doesn't sound good if, if I'm honest. And it's one of those things that you kind of have to, it's a hard pill to swallow. And I think it, it leaves myself and maybe a bunch of other people asking, okay, if war is this terrible thing in the 21st century, why, what's going on in the book of numbers, you know, and why is this census being taken? so that people can prepare for war. And, and I think you have to take the whole Bible into context. And this is, that's a word you're going to be hearing a whole lot. You, you know, you can, you can look at that one verse and just, and I think it would be easy to just say, Oh, what God war? No, no, I can't. Let me just, no, throw the whole book away. Just no, I ain't, I don't want anything to do with this. But you have to zoom out 
look at the whole thing in context and hopefully it will make a little bit more sense. And so I want to remind you who just read numbers one and two and maybe feeling some kind of way, just, you know, not feeling good about what you just read, that the previous book, Leviticus, was about separation from other nations and God had given them a a, a law, a a law, a code of things to and, and not to do because these other nations were doing things that God labeled as an abomination. And so it's clear that God is not, uh, he's not looking on these nations favorably. And, you know, while we know that God is loving and peaceful and graceful and kind, we also have to remember the other attributes of God of judgment and justice. And I believe that the the war that that's about to take place that we're going to read about it's the judgment that God has given these people because remember we read about some of the things that these nations did and one of one in particular being that they would sacrifice their babies on the statue of Molech they would burn they would they would set the statue uh, to an unbearable temperature and put their babies on it as a sacrifice. And that is just without question evil. And I, and, and according to God, justice has to be served. And this is the judgment that he's making. And this is how it's going to be carried out. You know, he's, he is promising this land to this people and he's also giving judgment to the people that are already there. And I think that speaks to like God's judgment, God's, God's character. You know, he does not play around when it comes to human beings and how we treat one another. And so while I am not a fan of war and this Verse is a a hard pill to swallow. I have to acknowledge that God has a purpose and a plan. And he's also uh, a God that deals out judgment. And he is very serious about his, his character and his people and the way that he made things to be. All right. So. That was one thing that stuck out to me. <laughs> okay, let's, let's, yeah, let's move on to, to something else. Chapter two talks about the placement of the tents. Most importantly, that they are to face the tabernacle. And I, I enjoy reading this part. This isn't a hard pill to swallow for me. The, the opening of the tents facing the tabernacle is uh, it just speaks priorities to me because when you wake up, you come out of your, you imagine you being an Israelite, you wake up, you come out of the, ta- you come out of the tent. And the first thing you see is the tabernacle and 
your immediate thought is God, the God that saved me from the Egyptians, saved me from slavery, the God that is with me right now in this desert. Um, and I, you know, he, 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 you know, he's done all these things and your response, I would think to be, to be thankful, to, uh, worship and to, uh, just be mindful of God throughout your entire day. And when I read this, I think I, I better have my priorities in order. I better wake up and thank God that I was able to wake up because I, I didn't wake up on my own. And uh, I think it's one of the most fasc- fascinating things to me. It was a, a, it was a thought that I had uh, years ago that I don't wake myself up. I, I, I really don't. There isn't, there isn't a button that I press that says, all right, James, time to get up out of slumber. It just happens. And it just kind of, it blew my mind. It blew my mind. And it's just one of those things that I thank God for every day that I'm awake and that I have a roof over my head and I had to have a bed to sleep in. And I, you know, just want to, uh, urge you to do the same when you wake up in the morning is to just thank God because you, his grace allows you to wake up every morning and to see the amazing weather. I hope it's amazing where you are. And it also reminds me to be mindful of him throughout the day because full transparency here. Sometimes I, yes, I see God in the morning I seek it. Yeah, I seek him in my in my room, and then I leave him there, and I just go about my business throughout the rest of the day. And that's not ideal. That's not that's not great. And so I have to be mindful that God is the God of my entire day, and to serve Him with all of my heart, soul, and mind, and to love my neighbor as myself, and to you know, just observe him and be mindful of him in all that I do because he is the Lord of my life. So I ask myself and I'm asking you, where is your metaphorical tent pitched? When, when you wake up in the morning, what, what, what do you wake up to? Is it social media? Is it TV, video games? It it has to be God. I speaking from experience, my days are a million times better when I just take the time. I push everything to the side. I, I have the, and I, I take that discipline to say, no, I'm not going to hop into this thing or hop into that thing. I'm going to spend the first few moments of my day thanking God, meditating on him getting my mind in the right place, making sure I have peace, you know, that goes beyond all understanding and that I can, that my soul and my mind, my spirit are ready to take on whatever lies ahead and that I'm submitted to God. I think those first few moments in the day are precious because I think they determine the the trajectory of the rest of the day. I think it, whatever your it, it determines your mindset, in my opinion. And so, 
I think it's essential. I think it's imperative. I think it's important that we start the day with God. And, you know, I'm not saying to pray for an hour. If, if you're not someone that does that on the regular, uh, that's like trying to lift weights and you starting off at 150 pounds. Don't do it. Don't do it because you're just going to get burned out and you're going to, it's not going to be enjoyable. Um, something I did is I started off just praying, just talking to God for 10 to 15 minutes at the start of my day and just listening to worship music or just reading my Bible. It's 10 to 15 minutes. It's, it's nothing in the grand scheme of the rest of your day. Maybe you don't know what, what to pray. Maybe you've never prayed a prayer ever in your life. And I would, so I would recommend just a couple of things when you go to God in prayer. One, you don't have to be on your knees. Just a, a thing you can read. We will read about different ways to pray, different positions, standing, walking, whatever. You don't have to be on your knees. Uh, so no pressure there. And you don't know what to say. Just one, when you go to God, one, what are you thankful for? Two, what are you worried about? And just three, um, what do you find praiseworthy in in life? Um, I just came up with those off the top of my head. So uh, um, also, if you have a Bible and either paper or online, open the book of Psalms and start there. Those are, it's, it's nothing but prayers and songs to God. And there's, there's, there's going to be one that just fits your mood and how you're feeling. And I'm telling you, God, spend time with God. You, it'll be, it's, it's worth it without a doubt. hundred percent. Friends, I want to thank you so much for spending your time here listening to this podcast. It really means a lot to me. I enjoy doing this. Thank you. <laughs> um, if you have any thoughts, questions, feedback, rumors, dreams, <laughs> anything you want to share at all, just go to uh, Instagram at the Peculiar Productions or you can go on Facebook. Same name, Peculiar Productions. Please and thank you. Leave a review, comment. Just let me know what your thoughts are on anything really <laughs> concerning the Bible, God's life. Um, I'd really like to hear it. And I just want to thank you. Thank you for listening to the Peculiar Podcast, the podcast where we read the Bible every single day in order to finish it within a year. My name is James Chase. I love you, but Jesus loved you first. I'll see you tomorrow. Justified, and those he justified, he also glorified.